Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. If we're looking at chargebacks and fraud and all of this as a game, and we know that the rules are not really in our favor for online merchants, then it's really important that we know the rules so that we can help them work to our favor. Welcome back. Joining me is the legendary Chris Hendrick. Chris has saved her clients over $100 million through fraud prevention and chargeback reduction and sometimes optimizing the chargeback recovery process or winning chargebacks. I've been lucky enough to win a couple in my life, but I think if uh, I had to try to articulate my strategy, it's getting lucky. So beyond just hitting the fight chargeback button, Chris is going to share some actual strategies and tactics you can use, have ready to go to help you get a little bit of your money back if it's been taken via the chargeback process. So Chris, welcome back to Pit Stop. Forgot to mention you're also the host of the Fraudology podcast. I am. Well, thanks so much for having me. This has been really fun. My pleasure. So let's jump into it. So let's say we've done everything. We have all our best practices. We still get a few chargebacks a month. What should we do next? So the chargeback reason code that comes in is super important, but I think it's if you listen to the previous podcast episode uh, on preventing chargebacks, there really are two buckets of chargebacks that I talk about. There's technically three, but the two main ones are service-related chargebacks and fraud-related chargebacks. The third one is more technical with your processor. Those are rare, and oftentimes if you're getting those, your processor is working it out with you or they're defending them on your behalf. So that's why you really just focus on service and fraud. So. If you get a service-related chargeback, those reason codes are things like item not described or did not receive or credit not processed, but the customer was expecting a credit. So really, I think the most important thing if you're responding to them on your own is to look at it almost like you're going to court and look at the reason code as the main complaint from your customer. Now, we are counting on the bank to select the right reason code, and unfortunately for those call center employees at banks, the easiest one for them that requires no follow-up and the fastest call time is fraud, so that's why I'll you know save a little bit of that for talking more about the fraud bucket, but for the service-related bucket, you know, you're looking at, okay, this person is, thinks that they deserved a refund. Let me find out what happened. So go into your CRM, figure out what happened. Look at all the evidence you have, right? Like, do you have proof that the item was, you know, delivered to them? Did they ever call into your customer service and, you know, request a refund? Are they actually owed a refund? If they are owed a refund and they didn't get one already, do not issue a refund because your bank account's already been debited for that money. Instead, you can accept the chargeback. And that's important, right? You don't want to respond to all chargebacks. If the customer's saying, hey, I didn't get my item, and you look up the tracking number and the product was, you know, on a ship in a canal somewhere that got tipped over or stuck or whatever, or fires or all the other things happening, like, accept the chargeback, right? They don't deserve to pay for it. But oftentimes there will be situations where customers will claim something. Maybe they filed the chargeback with their bank. 
saying that it wasn't received, but it came two days later. This happened a ton to a lot of the department stores over the holiday season because their shipping was so much longer. So that's why it's so important to update them on their shipping and update them on expectations. But around the holidays, especially if they got a product on December 27th and not December 24th, there'd be a charge back there. But anyway, so if they got the product, if you can prove that, if you have proof, then you should put it together really around the core argument of whatever that reason code is. So if they claim they didn't get it, make sure that your proof all rolls up to say they did get the item and here's why. So that's on the service related. If I'm talking about the fraud related, I think it's important to know that most of my analysis for a lot of the enterprise level merchants that I work with, about 60% of those fraud reason code chargebacks are a true case of fraud where the cardholder was not involved in the transaction. Someone stole their card. When you look at the case of, you know, when you look in your CRM and you see what happened and you look at where you shipped it, this is where it gets a little bit tricky, but if it really looks obvious to you that, you know, the card was stolen, don't respond to the chargeback, accept it. But if you're like, hey, you've ordered three other things on the same credit card and the same address before, and you've never claimed fraud, and now you are, uh, I don't think it's fraud. One of the benefits of the fraud reason code becoming the catch-all is that the only thing you're being asked to do is to prove that the cardholder did participate in the transaction. So they shipped it to their address. They called from their phone number to your customer service. They have made purchases with you before. All of those things you know, can really be very helpful for you in making that case. So you're really just proving to the bank that the claim the customer is making isn't accurate. So in terms of some things to do to have the greatest level of success in your favor. And by that, I mean, win and, and get the money back. What are some resources maybe that are, that are out there that merchants just don't know about that they could dig into and kind of see what they're up against? If we're looking at chargebacks and fraud and all of this as a game, and we know that the rules are not really in our favor for online merchants, then it's really important that we know the rules so that we can help them work to our favor, right? So looking up, the rules and regulations by Visa and MasterCard for CMP Commerce, the merchant guides. They're really full of good information, or you can obviously hire somebody who's you've had them memorized before. But I also am a big fan of creating templates around the reason codes. This is something that I offer to my clients, but you know, it's, and then sometimes I customize or whatever, but it's also something that people can do in-house. When we do get a chargeback, it's usually on this reason code and it's because the cardholder didn't understand our return policy, but they agreed to it at the time of purchase and we can prove that and all that. Um, you can kind of put those together. So really when you're responding, it's a plug and play. Additionally, if, if you're only getting a few chargebacks a month and they aren't really high dollar or you know you have people internally that can respond to these and you're having a you know, decent amount of recovery rate, then absolutely do it in-house. But if they're impacting your business, you can consider you know, obviously hiring a consultant to teach you how or hire a chargeback management company to respond to your chargebacks. So there are companies out there that their entire job is to respond uh, to chargebacks on a merchant's behalf. And often they'll take a small percentage of what's recovered or depending on various factors, they might also just have a flat fee. And, and these can be helpful to really you know, optimize it especially if you, you know, select the right partner who really has your best interest and really understands the process. 
it's like any other logistics or operational activity where you need someone who knows what they're doing to navigate the waters, so to speak. So I think that as we shift to wrapping it up, so we know sort of what to do and, and when to look at it. What are some of the reasons why we may not go down this method and keep it in-house? What, what should we look for if we do want to keep it in-house? So if you want to keep it in-house, I think it's really good to have one person who really takes it on and who understands, you know, the Shopify portal. And if you're using Stripe, that's probably who you're getting the notice from. And understanding their process. Oftentimes merchant processors will have a chargeback team. Depending on the size of a merchant, you may have a dedicated chargeback analyst. It really depends on who your merchant processor is and all of that, right? But so that's, you know, one thing, right? If you want to keep it in-house, there are websites you can subscribe to for best practices. There are things you can do. You know, I will be offering training in the beginning of 2022 for small businesses on this topic. So there are resources for you. And, you know, just also trial and error sometimes, you know, like, hey, I wonder if I use this, like if I attach our terms of service and highlight this section, am I going to have a higher win rate? Because really, I think it's important to know that the chargeback process overall is subjective. I'm not advocating for that. It's just a fact. But I think there are some pitfalls when selecting a chargeback management company. Not all of them really understand how this process works. And in some cases, there are a couple that honestly... I know merchants who have lost more money working with them than have they just not responded to their chargebacks at all. So Ugh. I think that's, it's a tricky thing, right? Because I think there were some companies that started up a few years ago who saw this as a really good business opportunity. And I'm sure that happens in other pieces of e-commerce as well, right? They think, oh, this is really easy, no problem. And oftentimes those companies will do things like just provide you a guarantee without ever looking at your data or or they won't have detailed answers. They'll speak very generally. They'll say, just trust us. You don't need to know the details. One of them told a very large client of mine that their math equation to determine a chargeback win rate, which is actually set by Visa and MasterCard on how to do that and pretty easy. But they said their way of doing it was proprietary. I've never heard of a math equation being proprietary, but that's the kind of thing, right? If they're generalizing it, if they're kind of being too smooth or pushy on the sales side and don't worry your pretty little head about how we do it, I would, you know, have a pause. But there are, you know, there's one particular chargeback management company that I've very thoroughly researched that is the closest to my processes and systems that I've put in place for my merchants. So when merchants I work with don't want to work in-house, I will often refer to them, but there are a few that are good. So I think that's really important. And then just pay attention to the reporting and the companies that I think are the best are the ones who provide you with a lot of root cause analysis on reporting. They tell you everything from what affiliate channel these chargebacks came from to what marketing campaign to you know all these different patterns so that you can go back and say, wait a second, like 30% of the transactions coming through this affiliate channel are all chargebacks. We need to talk to them and figure out what they're saying to people that are you know coming through them to our website. So those kind that really look at the full circle and allow you to not just respond to them, but give you the opportunity to prevent them or make changes to optimize your business to be better for your customers in the long run, those are gonna be the best possible solutions. 
I think that's really important to remember when really evaluating any service provider is can they show their their methodology or are they just trying to hold on to as much money as possible? And you saw it all the time back in the days with website developers that are on some proprietary CMS so then they can't transfer that out. I don't like anyone. And people say that, oh, well, well software as a service is you're always paying these monthly fees. But one of the nice things is you can move around service providers and you're not locked in. It does give you more freedom and flexibility for your business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes you do have to sign a contract, right? But make sure that it's understandable and you're not just handing over the keys, you know, to a lot of your systems to companies that talk a good game or have a really high marketing budget, but don't actually know what they're doing. And I think that's true for all businesses, for all, you know, businesses as a service. But this is just something that I heard just too many horror stories. So I have to caution, you know, really understand that, Unfortunately, you can't trust everyone, but you can you know, trust your gut, right? Like if they're just talking a big game, but they've really got nothing, or you know, you ask for a list of companies to talk to that use them, and and they're a little cagey about that, or it's hard to do. Like just you know, pay attention to the red and yellow flags. But it is a really good service with the companies that provide it well. It can really help you recover a lot of revenue and sometimes save customers as well. So that's really important. And then the one other thing I would say too, just to help out, you know, people that are listening to this, if you've lost a chargeback, a lot of people feel like that's the end of the road. It is the end of the road through your payment processor, et cetera. But if you really feel like this customer got the item and they use their credit card and, and all of those things, you can you know, go to outside collections. You can even go to small claims court. There are other things that can be done to try to recover your funds. The, these are things that are business decisions that need to be made tactically and really thought out, but that can also help you. So you know, for those small businesses that might experience a $20,000 chargeback on a one-off for the first time in 10 years, which I just got an email like that last week, and you have so much, you know, maybe this customer's already worked with you, whatever it is, right? You have so much proof that it was their card, they did get the item, they just don't want to pay for it. There are other things you can do outside of the chargeback process, but definitely you want to put your best foot forward in responding to that through the banks within the time period allowed. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining me, just sharing so much information. Hopefully save merchants uh, a lot of money and, and get some of it back if they've been ripped off by any fraudsters. I know we can find you on your podcast, Fraudology, or you're on any social media. What network do you want people to connect with you on as well? I am most active on LinkedIn. Uh, one of these days I'll set up a Twitter, but uh, I'm most active on LinkedIn and I believe I'm the only Carice Hendrick on the platform, so easy to find. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Make sure you're subscribed here. And if you enjoyed this, if you found this valuable, I would love a review on Apple. Delivering Amazon-like speed to customers. That's what TB12 wanted when they went with ShipBob, and that's what they got. In addition to 25% cost savings since switching 3PLs to ShipBob, if the GOAT Tom Brady trusts ShipBob with his company, you should too head to ShipBob.com, get a quote, see how much you could be saving, 
while also growing your business. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today.